Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DKHOOPS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Running the Break with CJ and Alex. I'm Alex Wong. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, CJ Toledano. CJ, today I want to talk about my favorite basketball magazine and the greatest basketball magazine of all time, and that is Slam. But before we get into all things Slam, I want to know, growing up, what was your magazine collection like? What did you subscribe to? Tell me what was on CJ's bookshelf. Yeah, I mean, Slam obviously was probably number one, but then there was some, I just have been thinking back on the more random ones, like definitely did SI for kids, love the, the, like the trading card, sort of like uh, perforated, you can rip them out, trade them with your friends, Buzz Beamer, comic strip, classic. And then I did like, do you remember like Beckett's? Yes, I do. The guides, right? Yeah, I like would buy those. I wasn't even that much of a card collector, but it was just like Jordan was always on the cover of Beckett's. Um, and then like, I'm trying to think of the lesser ones, like hoop, remember hoop mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hoop. Yeah. So like, I love magazines. Like I used to just like, I mean, I loved anything with my favorite players and about basketball. And I always was like, you know, my, my parents would take me into a Barnes and Noble or a borders or whatever and be like, Hey, let's go get some books for you to become smarter. And then it would just be me walking out with, with four NBA magazines. So what about you? What were some of your favorites growing up? Yeah, you know, I think similar to you in terms of sports, like Sports Illustrated was really the first magazine that I subscribed to. And, you know, when Slam came along, like that was a really big deal. And later on, ESPN, the magazine. Mm -hmm. And I think as any Asian kid growing up in the 90s, you know, you you need to have basketball and hip hop as well. So like Source magazine, 
you know, Double XL, Blaze magazine Dime. as well. Dime as well. Like the, you know, there yeah. I think, you know, I don't want to date ourselves on every one of these podcasts because I feel like we're always <laughs> going back to our childhoods and talking about things that like don't even matter anymore. But like, man, like you remember just like going to the newsstands or like you mentioned, like going to these bookstores, like the Barnes and Nobles or these places and like seeing the racks of magazines. That used to be such an exciting thing. Like it was like, yeah. it was like, I wouldn't say it's similar to going to like a sneaker store because I I don't want to disrespect the collection that you have and, and your love for sneakers. But it's like a similar joy. You go and you find out things that you just had never seen and like seeing cool magazine covers and stuff like that was really a way to like discover, you know, new athletes and, and, and things that you just didn't know about. Well, I remember because I went to a Catholic school growing up and so we had to wear uniforms. So I wasn't even like able to wear sneakers, but like my personality as much as it, I mean, it still is to this day, but it's, it was like basketball and pop culture. And also it was like, what, so what are things that I could always have on me that kind of like exemplified? I love basketball and also just like to entertain me because I couldn't have like game gears or game boys in my book bag so i always had a slam you know i always had a slam always had whatever like a sports illustrator like you said in my book bags where it was like you know in class where a teacher is like hey we're gonna use this as like a study hall or a free period and then it was just me just looking at these mag oh east bays not a, not a magazine but a catalog but like just i would take these out and I would just look at the same issues over and over again or like my parents being like hey no TV taking out a slam, looking at, you know, all that stuff. And, and we'll go over that. It's not, it wasn't just about like basketball. Like there was other aspects of it that kind of just, it just became our personalities and celebrated everything that we're into to this day. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to devote an episode to talking about slam, because, you know, so much of this podcast is about celebrating and talking about things that are taking place off the court. And when you talk about off the court, you talk about culture you talk about fashion, you talk about sneakers, you know, we can even get into like, you know, the street ball space, which, which I think Slam did a really good job of profiling. And like so much of it comes from this one magazine that I think, you know, is, is so influential. And, you know, for me personally, you know, having, you know, written a book recently that was really centered, you know, around Slam and, and like recently Slam actually dropped their first issue here in Canada. You know, yeah. I had the honor to be part of the editing team yep. and being part of that. And it's like, when I think back of like, as a kid and then growing up and then getting into this, you know, basketball space, like Slam was the place that, you know, you look up to. And then many people still look up to, including the players. And, it, it, you know, the, it's really the basketball Bible. Like it really is the basketball Bible in so many ways for basketball and culture. So let's take this break. And when we come back, let's really dive into the cultural impact of Slam. Let's do it. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs. And Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and legroom that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. 
And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both play dates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DKHOOPS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Welcome back to Running the Break with Alex and CJ. This is the Slam episode as we previewed in the beginning here. I, I also want to say before we even move on, like, let's use this as a little bit of a promo and like a hype trailer to your book cover story, which incredible book. Anyone who's a fan of basketball and just the history of it all and also just the like celebration of pop culture, check out cover story available. Where, where should they buy it? Yeah, available anywhere. It's the uh, best non-New York Times bestseller book uh, that, that you haven't checked out yet. So everybody's got to check it out. But no, shouts to you, CJ, too. You know, one of the favorite things that I got a chance to do as part of the release of the book was collaborate with a lot of, you know, my favorite yeah. people in the creative space. And, you know, shouts to, you know, follow through studios, you know, shouts to Catherine, Isaac and your whole team. You know, we came together, we were able to put together a tote bag. And I know you have put the put the book on sale as a bundle on your site. And like, to me, yep. you know, that was a really important part of the creative energy, you know, of the book. And, and you know, the book is about the backstories of, of the most iconic 
sports uh, magazine covers, specifically in the basketball space. And it does get into the origin story of Slam, which is, I think, where we should start. You know, I think people yeah. are still familiar with the magazine, but this was an idea that came up in 1994. You know, the, you know, the, the founder of the magazine, Dennis Page, was actually at the Source Awards at the time when one of his buddies said, why don't you start a magazine combining basketball and hip hop? Because when I think about the 90s, like those were the two things that I feel like really emerged into the mainstream. And, you know, for, for me, I think of a player like Shaq. Like, I think Shaq was like the prototype guy because, like, you know, he came into the league as this, like, dominant player, but he had a great personality off the court and he was releasing his own rap albums. And, like, at the time, Shaq was the coolest guy. I promise you, you know, for people who only know him on, on TNT, on Inside the NBA as a commentator, I promise you Shaq was the coolest person in the world at the time. But Dennis Page got this idea to put together basketball and hip-hop. And I think one of the things that Slam really did was, like, merge basketball with the culture, right? Like, Sports Illustrated was really all about telling the stories, really diving in, whereas Slam was like, let's showcase the personalities of yep. these players. And like, they're so synonymous with basketball culture now. Like, you know, back in the day, I think there was a, sometimes there was some pushback because, because you know, reporters, you know, the more button up reporters at NBA games would look at these Slam guys. You know, I think of legends like Russ Bankson, Scoop Jackson, all these people would show up to arenas in like Nike and like Jordan sneakers that like, you know, even players hadn't seen before. Like they might've been just like not even released yet. And that's how these guys were able to build the relationships with all these guys. And that's what I want to ask you, CJ. It's like you talking about having slam in your backpack and all this stuff. So many great different sections and slam from the cover, from the slam of the month to the sections about high school ball where you would look back on and be like, oh my God, this guy actually made the NBA like 20 issues later. Yeah. When you got your issue of Slam, like what, what was your favorite part or favorite parts of Slam for you? Well, I always went to the kicks section just to see, again, like these are sneakers I had seen before. But I mean, back then, it's like when I first got my first Slam, I think it was mid-90s, there wasn't the internet to just look at sneakers whenever you wanted, or, or you can't just like type in what sneakers you wanted to see and see it immediately. Like the sneakers you were going to see were the ones that were presented in Slam. So I always went there first. Secondly, I would go to Slam in a month, see who, who that would be, because that was also going to be the thing that I ripped out and I put up on my wall. So those two uh, sections were, I mean, as a kid, who I didn't love to read right away. So it was very visual. Um, like I said, like getting all these magazines. So like those really grabbed my attention and my, were the first sections I went to. What, what about you? Yeah, you know, the slam of the month for me, like definitely. And I don't know if you were, how did you like, you know, decorate your rooms growing up? Because I feel like every single kid ripped out those slam of the months and, and had yep. them on their walls. Just describe to me CJ's uh, childhood room. Like what, what, what was that wall looking like? So my mom was very OCD. I mean, yeah, just kind of like a tiger mom, you know, immigrant parents who moved to the States in the 70s. And so I wasn't allowed to put anything on the wall in my bedroom because she didn't want me ruining the wallpaper, but I was allowed to put stuff up in my closet. So like had this like little walk-in closet and it was completely covered with basketball posters. And so that's where I would start putting, like I would collect the slam of the months and put those up. And it was always hard to decide like which side was going up. And like, there were times where I would even like interchange. I'm like, Oh, I got, I'm tired of this KG dunk. I'm going to go flip it over and put up like a Vince dunk. So 
yeah, I mean, what about, how, how did you, were you ripping out pages like scrapbooking or what, what were you doing besides just reading your slams? Yeah, I, I feel like I did create a, I, I did have a, like a little section on the wall where like I would just tear out some of my favorite players. And I remember like the first time seeing someone like Vince Carter, you know, being from Toronto, seeing him on the cover of Slam. Like for, for me, like seeing any athlete on Slam was just like, oh, okay, this player had made it. And it also really validated your fandom in a way, right? Like you would follow these star mm-hmm. players and it's like the Slam cover would just be like, a stamp, a stamp of approval. And I think that's one of the coolest things too about Slam that has stood the test of time. Like as someone who's spoken to players in the locker rooms and like work with these different publications, no publication carries more weight with present day players than Slam. Like like yeah. I remember, you know, walking to a locker room and like chatting with uh, DeMar DeRozan when he was here in Toronto, was doing a Slam story about Kobe. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, DeMar wasn't, DeMar was always really nice, but you know, you know, athletes get a lot of requests. Sometimes they don't, you know, really want to have time for that because they just have so many other commitments. But when I told him it was for Slam and when I told him it was for Kobe, he was like, yeah, man, sit down. And we ended up having like a 30 minute chat. And to me, that's really the power of not just Slam, but it's like the stories that they tell, right? Like, I think there's a certain trust and it's really cool actually to see because, you know, you know, part of my book and diving in understanding magazines, I, I think people would agree and you would agree, too, that like magazines maybe don't hold the same weight anymore, you know, in general, in terms of print and things of that nature. But like Slam has really navigated that. Like, you know, people still have this prestige about being on the cover. And it's really cool to think about because one of the first covers I remember was the 96 draft cover, right? Like just the most iconic guys that were lined up. You know, you had your Kobe's, you know, Ray Allen, Steve Nash all of these guys. And, you know, there was just such a prestige to that. And it's cool now when you look at guys like a Jason Tatum and you look at these younger guys, like Kate Cunningham was on the cover recently. Like you're talking about a couple generations now. And like that just goes to like the staying power of Slam. When you think about covers, is there like one cover that just jumps out to you when you think about Slam? Yeah, I mean, it's the LeBron and Sebastian Telfair cover. You know, it's like, because... High school players weren't being heavily featured on covers. I know, like, LeBron had the chosen one with SI, but, like, also showing these players in the way that they want to be shown, like, that one was, like, like you had said, I I didn't really know about the origin story of Slam and, like, the Source Awards and sort of that overlap is that what I loved about the covers was that every single cover was its own sort of photo shoot with its own take. And I think it was heavily influenced by how these players wanted to be, you know, sort of uh, portrayed. And so the fact that if you look at this cover of of LeBron and, and, and Sebastian, and two, just like, this was, you know, we had, we had, sort of gotten to know these guys from the showing of like LeBron and Melo um, on, on ESPN uh, that game. And then Sebastian with like through the fire um, doc on ESPN. But those two just like being on the cover together and like in their chains, I was like, this is badass. And so I remember just being like, this is cool. I mean, like that, and that slam in general was not just the NBA. It was high school. It was street ball. It was, you know, it was everything all in one magazine. So you can kind of just like, and, and too, like you're talking about getting DeRozan to talk to you. It's like some of these, these, these players were getting featured when they were teenagers all the way up until winning a championship in the NBA. So it's just like, I don't know if Slam set out like and knew like they were setting themse- themselves up for like success and like access that way. But it, like they were just like all encompassing of loving the game. 
Yeah, and, and I think it's a really good point that you made there. I think it was strategic, you know, from talking to some of the people that worked at Slam for my book project, is that they combined kind of that love of the game because so many of the NBA superstars got so much love, right? Like you think of Sports Illustrated, like maybe they would run basketball covers, but because Michael Jordan was so dominant at the time, like you would see him on the cover over and over again. But it's like, for me, when I think of Slam, I think about like, the cult figures that they that they were mm-hmm. able to create, right? Like, like I think about like even like Jason Williams and Chris Webber on the Sacramento Kings. Like, would they land on like you know another magazine, national sports magazine cover? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe until the Sacramento Kings were really good. But like Slam always gravitated towards these players with the personalities, right? And and you talk about like the photo shoots and the cover shoots. Like I think about the photographers that they worked with too. Like you remember, you know, I'm thinking about the Stephen KG cover when they mm-hmm. were on the Minnesota Timberwolves. The visor? Uh, the sh- yeah, the showbiz and KG. And, you know, I had a chance to talk to a photographer, Jonathan Mannion. And for people that don't know, like, Jonathan Mannion is just a legend in the hip-hop space. Like, I think he has photographed, like, 9 or 10 or 11 of Jay-Z's albums, and including Reasonable Doubt. He did all, you know, most of the DMX albums. Like, if you look up Jonathan Mannion, you'll see. And he did a lot of covers for XXL, the hip-hop magazine as well. And he brought that kind of flavor to slam right like to me yeah that showbiz and and kg cover really defines exactly what you're talking about it's like if kg and seth marbury were posing for another magazine would you really get an iconic photo like that and then getting to know what happened behind the scenes at the photo shoot like they were allowed to dress the way that they wanted and they were allowed to Mm -hmm. showcase the way they wanted and it's super cool too because we all know like the two of them you know, had a falling out and only spent a couple of years in Minnesota and didn't reach that potential. But it's like for a magazine like Slam to really capture that exact moment, to me, was like a a really cool thing. And I I think the other thing that you mentioned about kicks is a really good point too, because I don't know about you, but back in the day, like Slam was the gateway to like actually find out about sneakers, especially when they had, when they started dropping their own kicks issue. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, you can walk into a store and you can see the Jordans and and uh, the pennies and all of that. But the, the great thing that Kicks did was showcase a lot of brands. And also, too, it wasn't just basketball sneakers. It was like they were showing like lifestyle. And like, I feel like my, my first sort of love of Air Force Ones came from slams. And it came from them being featured in the kick section, but also... You know, with these players who are in these photo shoots for their articles and pieces, they're not wearing their like performance sneakers. They're wearing just like the the all white Air Force One mids or uptowns as they were being called in my town at the time. And it was like thinking back on like all of these very memorable, iconic pieces of basketball. There is easily a line to slam and and like me learning about that or it becoming such an important thing to me is because it was featured in slam. I remember just like real quick, just on that amateur level of how they covered high school players and teams out there before, you know, they'd be featured on ESPN or whatever. Westchester High School out here in L.A., we had this thing called the McDonald's Invitational in Erie, Pennsylvania, where I grew up where it was like four teams from all over the world come and play a tournament in the winter. And Westchester was in Slam, and then I'd heard they were going to play in our our tournament. And I got so excited. Like, it was like, because, you know, this is Erie, Pennsylvania. We don't have an NBA team. And so Westchester coming to Erie was like celebs, like coming through town because I read about them in Slam. And I just like ended up 
Hassan Adams, who I think went on to play for Arizona, was on that team. And I was like stalking him. Like I like waited outside a hotel to ask him questions. Like they it was when I first learned about Nike PEs, like player exclusives. Like they had a special colorway of flight posit threes. And I was like, I caught him like outside of a restaurant and asked him about that. And then I saw him at the game and like by like the third day he knew who I was. And I was like, man, this is all because I, I could geek out about it in slam and then and in person. So I just, yeah, those are like the moments that sort of have made me. What, what about you? Do you have any like stories of memorable childhood or like teenage moments because of slam? Yeah, because like one of the questions I got asked, especially, you know, after I worked on this book, did a lot of interviews, everybody's like, oh, what's your favorite cover, right? Like if you had to pick one single cover and and the one that I always went to, and this is this is for me, I think, I don't know necessarily if it's my favorite cover, but it's really my first memory of Slam is that, you know, the Rafer Alston cover. You know, when Rafer Alston <laughs> was at Fresno State and, and you know, he was on the magazine and at the front on the cover on the tagline, it said the best point guard in the world. And then in parentheses underneath, it said you've never heard of. And at the time, he was a streetball legend. You know, he had obviously made a mark at Rucker Park, you know, and it was just a New York legend. But as a kid, you know, growing up in Toronto, I consider myself like a huge hoop head, like you mentioned, like, you know, I would read all the magazines, all the Sports Illustrated, the slams, like I would read all the almanacs and I was like, I know everything about basketball. But when that issue came in the mail and I picked it up and I saw Rafer Olsen on the cover, I had never seen this guy before. Like I had just never heard of him before. And to be able to like, and again, I know I'm dating myself, but like the feeling of picking up a magazine and not knowing who this person is and actually discovering him for the first time reading his story, it, it was just so amazing to me. And, and to me, like, that's such a quintessential Slam cover for me because Slam was all about introducing people mm-hmm. to things that they did not know in the basketball culture. And from then on, like, I just, you know, followed Rafer Olsen's career and, like, it got into me following and one street ball and all this stuff. And when he actually made it to the NBA and he was here with the Toronto Raptors for a little bit, you know, it, it was just it was just cool because it always went back to that slam cover. Listen, there's so many more covers that I want to talk about after the break. And I also want to talk a little bit about just, you know, everything that slam is doing in present day as well to, to kind of yeah. keep the brand and keep the reputation going. So more on slam after the break. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and legroom that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain, on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display so you always arrive on time. Don't just live life, live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. 
The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DKHOOPS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. All right, welcome back. Running the break with CJ and Alex. We are talking about Slam, all things Slam today. You know, I want to hear about some of your favorite covers too in a second, CJ. But, you know, I was thinking a lot about why Slam is still influential today. And think about like on this podcast, I think we're going to be referencing... Like we were, we've already referenced league fits so much, right? Like people, yeah. people that listen to this pod know league fits. You know, just this just amazing Instagram account tracking the tunnel fits, off season fits of NBA players, and that is a slam idea. Yep. That is a site run by Slam. Shouts to Ian and the whole team over there. And I think about why Slam has really stood the test of time is because I think they've done a great job of merging into the digital space. You know, they provided great coverage for women's basketball as well. They recently put out their first W Slam magazine. And, you know, like I mentioned again, they, you know, recently launched Slam Canada first issue here. You know, to me, like Slam has always understood the cultural side of it. And like, I personally have just been so impressed with what they've been able to do to navigate and get into this digital space. Just speaking as a customer, I I have the subscription where you can get the digital version and you get the print version. So it is truly, honestly, the only reason why I have an iPad. And I know this sounds like a commercial, but like the thing is, yes, like the the issue drops. I can look at it on my iPad first, but I got to have the print issue and I have a stack in my office. It's again, like we, we talk about how my wife is just like so fascinated by fascinated is a fun word uh, by my basketball collection and, and hobby. But like you got to have a bunch of slams in your home. But yeah, it's just like the way they've adapted, like you said, league fits. I mean, that that league fits. And I think like 
Slam kicks in general and just like all the internet handles, Slam's never playing catch up. You know, it's like, and a lot of everything is, you know, I think a lot of the issues in, in sports media right now is kind of like being a, a bit of a culture vulture and Slam was never that. Like, yes, I don't know what their financial situations are, but it was never about profiting off of the game. It was always about contributing to the game, contributing the conversations and spotlights. And, and like you said, from just the different section breakdowns, but yeah, I, I just, uh, and showing the league in, in a way that maybe the league couldn't do it themselves, um, you know, I think Slam did really well in, in a very celebratory type of way. So yeah, I would love to hear because, you know, you, you spent so much time researching Slam and you've written a bunch of articles for Slam, the Slam Canada. What was like your first uh, falling in love with Slam? And then what was that, that sort of like reaction after your first printed article with Slam? You know, when I, I still remember having a conversation, you know, with with my friend, you know, when I told him I was I was quitting my, you know, previous career, you know, for people that don't know, uh, you know, I used to work it as an accountant. I used to work nine to five uh, office job. <laughs> Can you believe this? And my friend was like, oh, like, what are you going to try to do? And, and I still remember the first thing I told him was like, man, I really want to write for Slam. And, you know, like shouts to Adam Figman, you know, Susan Thomas and the whole Slam team over there, like having the opportunity to write for them was just such a like surreal thing, like picking up that magazine and, you know, seeing my name in there. And, you know, the goal for me still, like I would love one day to be able to write a cover story for them. You know, I think that'd be so mm -hmm. amazing. And, you know, one of the things to me, I like, I can't believe we've gone this far without talking about the Alan Iverson Soul on Ice cover, because like we talk about like, cult figures and basketball and things like that like there's no like i mean alan iverson belongs on the pantheon of that and like people know the soul on ice cover you know him in the throwback philadelphia sixers mitchell and s jersey holding the aba ball with his afro out like i almost feel like i just don't mention it and or like i haven't mentioned it so far on this podcast because like it's just like the obvious choice for yep. everybody as like the most iconic cover but like we can't have a slam conversation without mentioning that. I mean, like, what do you remember about just seeing that cover or just thinking about that image? Well, I mean, you mentioned it with like that jersey in particular. We've talked about collecting jerseys and, and you know, Mitchell and Ness. My first exposure to Mitchell and Ness as a brand was slam. And it was because a lot of the t these covers were, you know, athletes in in sort of those those jerseys. And so I was like, what? What? The Sixers have never worn that jersey. What the heck? Where do I get that jersey? Then I learned about Mitchell and Ness. And then, you know, then I'm, I'm on Distant Replays was the site that you could get <laughs> pinwheel NBA hats in Mitchell and Ness jerseys. Um, and I think Distant Replays is where Rich Paul was like working out of when he met LeBron. So again, everything is so connected. But it, again, it was just the gateway to so much. Um, but that article in particular, too, of like, just Iverson and how cool he was with the Afro, like was almost, he was able to pay homage to the greats and history, but also forwarding the game. And so like, that's why it was such a, uh, an important cover to me. Cause it, again, it just encapsulated so much about the history of the game and where it was going. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, for me, like if we were ever doing a draft or talking about favorite covers, like, I think that's just that. automatically, that automatically has to be number one. Do you have, do you have other covers uh, on your mind that kind of stand out to you that you want to talk about? Yeah, you mentioned it earlier, the the 96 draft class one, uh, the Ready or Not cover, which is truly, again, just saying Slam is on the pulse. Before the 2003 draft, like this was the greatest draft of all time. Kobe Bryant, Ray Allen, Stephon Marbury, Steve Nash, Peja Soyakovic, Camby, Antoine Walker, Jermaine O'Neal, Derek Fisher, Sharif Abdul-Rahim. I'm not even naming all of them. 
That draft was unbelievable. Just an yeah. epic photo with some, some of our game's greats. The fact that they got them all together and like knew, put them all on the cover in their jerseys, like they're, they're almost, they're not nobodies at the time, but they're rookies. They have a lot to prove themselves, but they put them all on the cover. It's a, also, it's a pull out the cover itself. So it reveals a bunch of them. And to me, just representing it again, just like that time capsule of like, remember these guys. And we had to, like we, those guys all went on to have like great NBA careers. And then the kicks issue number one with KG on there again, just a magazine with nothing but sneakers to look at. I think I, you know, that to me, I could still look at and kill two hours looking at today, just because it serves again as a time capsule. But at the time it was like, here's all the sneakers coming out and a little bit of history. So those are my two favorites. What about you? You know, I think it's so great that you mentioned kicks and mentioned how like, for me, like before I tell you some of my covers, it's like the power of just going back and flipping through these magazines is incredible. And I think Slam, they're, they're starting to put out like a digital archive now where people can get the subscription and actually access the old issues. Because like, you're able to see so many players and like so many kicks that, you know, you just didn't know about. Like I remember reading about <laughs> someone like Josh Smith you know, it's like a high school feature. And then it's like five years later, you see him like in the NBA and that stuff is just so incredible. For me, when I think about other covers, I think about the Clippers cover with Elton Brand, Lamar yep. Odom and Darius Miles and they're wearing each other's jerseys and they've got the names at the front. So they're wearing it backwards and then, you know, they've got their bandanas and stuff. You know, I gravitate towards all the slam magazines where it just really reflects a specific moment in time and really reflects the personality of the players. And and like, listen, I know you're a Lakers fan, CJ, <laughs> but, but I do have to break it to, you know, our listeners. There was a time in the early 2000s. I'm not, I'm not saying the Lakers weren't cool. The Lakers were cool, too. The Clippers were kind of cool. Oh, yeah. When those young guys were coming up and like they were just with the culture. And to me, like when I think about favorite slam covers, I always think about that specific period of time with the Clippers. Yeah, the um, that Swingman jersey, Darius Miles Swingman jersey was probably one of the most popular Swingman jerseys of all time. And then also too, like, again, that Clippers team, not to get off on a tangent about that team specifically, but like that young core, it was like Lob City before Lob City. And then again, you talk about sports stories or sports figures that transcend the game and into pop culture. Darius Miles was in a couple of big movies, like studio movies. The Clippers themselves were in Van Wilder. And then Darius Miles had a role in the perfect score, a high school heist movie where they were trying to steal like the SAT answer sheet or whatever. So like, that's the power and Slam definitely fueled that that sort of fame there. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. But But I will... I will wrap by giving you another cover that's Lakers related, you know, just to keep things friendly for us. Yeah. I remember a 2000 cover, Shaq and Kobe. Uh, Shaq mm -hmm. and Kobe, and this was actually right before their first championship run. It's Shaq and Kobe on the cover before the playoffs. They're both like staring at the camera with a grin on their face. And Shaq's got on his, Shaq's pointing to his empty ring finger. Like they're basically just predicting that they were going to win a championship. Now, thank God they were able to make that game seven comeback against Portland in the conference yeah. finals. Otherwise, we're not going to be talking about this. But, you know, uh, I was talking to Russ Bankson about this because he was the editor-in-chief at the time. And his instruction to 
the photographer at the time, was to make sure you get both players pointing at their ring finger. Because he really wanted this to be like the playoff preview issue. Wow. He wanted Shaq and Kobe to predict that they were going to win a championship. For some reason, I guess Kobe didn't do it. But Shaq, you know, Shaq, you know Shaq with his personality. <laughs> he was always willing to play along. And, and to me, like, that's like taking a risk too, right? Because... You think about, like, you you know the SI, the famous SI cover with, like, Steve Nash and, and Dwight Howard, you know, with the Lakers. Now this is going to be fun. Like, that gets brought up, like, over and over again. That could have been one of those covers. But that's, like, yeah. the magic, I think, with magazines and stuff. It's, like, when it works out, it's beautiful. And you look back on it now, and it's, like, wow, they predicted the start of their dynasty. It's crazy. Well, one other before we get out of here, I did want to also mention, I, I mean, this isn't, I, I think this isn't intentional, but the ads in Slam were always oh, so I'm so fun. I'm so glad you mentioned this. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, it's just like, that's where the vert shoes I would see, like the jumping programs, the vert programs. The I mean, I think like any sort of basketball fan at our level remembers the attempted like double headbands or triple headbands. And it had like the famous picture of Ron Artest at the time he was going by and like Jamal Crawford. You know, like you said, like hip hop albums were being advertised in there. We were talking about streetball culture. So like DVDs and like these almost like streetball mixtapes were on DVDs and you had to go into stores and buy them. And for me living in Erie, Pennsylvania, I had to cross my fingers and pray that for some reason they would carry them because I, I was like, I see it in Slam. How come you don't have it? And so it was just like, again, I, I keep saying it through this episode, a gateway to the almost like the ridiculous and obscure. And like, I think it would be fun for us to go through issues and just talk about the funniest sort of like products we've seen advertised in, in Slam. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm so glad you mentioned the ads. Another shout out too. people should follow Slam Archive on Instagram because like they yeah. put out Basically, they go through the old issues and then they'll take snapshots of the feature articles, but also the ads as well. I'm so glad you mentioned the ads because that that was <laughs> that was and is part of the experience of just flipping through Slam. Because to me, especially the old issues, it's just such a time capsule. Uh, listen, listen, I, I feel like we could be talking about Slam forever and this might not be the last time we touch on this. No, let's do a two-parter at some point. We'll follow up on a, on a less busy week. Yeah, or, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, not newsworthy week and we'll, we'll just keep talking slam because we could do it and bring on some of your friends that you've worked with and like writers that we like uh, reading coming up yeah no no definitely well listen thank you again to everyone for listening to Running the Break with CJ and Alex and as always we want to shout out everyone helping us behind the scenes especially Peter Grace and Kurt and make sure you subscribe to our podcast and rate and review and we'll talk to you next time Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. 
Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.